in Numbers 33, verse 40, actually 33, verse 55 and 56, and that says... 55:56 But if you fail to drive out the people who live in the land those who remain will be like splinters in your eyes and thorns in your sides they will harass you in the land where you live and I will do to you what I had planned to do to them Here God sternly warns his people to completely cleanse the promised land of ungodly nations this will become a major theme in the book of Joshua. The Israelites failed to completely push out their Canaanite neighbors, and as a result became like them. New Testament writers also warn of the danger of association too closely with people who might draw us away from God and his program of living. 1 Corinthians 10, 1 through 33, Hebrews 3, 1 through 4, and verse 6 and Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1 through 4. Uh, chapter 3 to chapter 4, verse 16. We all are susceptible to being led astray by others. <clears throat> First, if we don't use wisdom in choosing our relationships, we may find ourselves falling back into our old ways. Now, the Lord has given us boundaries. And as the same in the Old Testament in chapter 20, 34 of Numbers, here we see the Israelites had trust that God would help them conquer the promised land. This great chapter of anticipation recalls God's promise to Abraham. I will give the entire land of Canaan, where you now live as a foreigner to your and your descendants. It will be a it will be their possession forever, and I will be their God, Genesis 17, 8. Those who were obedient to God would see the fulfillment of this promise that had been made hundreds of years earlier. God fulfills his promise, even though it sometimes takes longer than we expect. We must learn to trust him, following his plan with patience and humility. In verses 9 through 34, God provides cities of refuge as places where a person who had caused an accidental death could get a fair hearing. According to the law, murderers were subject to the death penalty. Even those guilty of manslaughter could be avenged by a near relative of the victim. The cities of refuge provided safety for those who had accidentally killed someone. This system demanded the strict moral accountability of every Israelite but it also provided a way of escape for those who had sinned unintentionally. Although God is just, he is also gracious. Beautiful, beautiful. Amen. Now, starting the book of Deuteronomy. In this, we see the... It says, what might we do after failing persistently for almost 40 years, as their Israelites did going through the desert? How might we set out a new pattern for living? In the book of Deuteronomy, the Israelites were about to enter the promised land, but they had been there before, four decades earlier. They had failed to believe in God's promises to give them the land of Canaan. So God had allowed them to wander in the wilderness for almost 40 years. 
The Israelites were rebuilding. They were trying to make sense of 40 wasted years. They were looking for ways to overcome the fear that had caused them to fail once before. They needed a controlling purpose, some practical steps, a few guidelines for actions. In the book of Deuteronomy, Moses gave them the guidelines they needed. Moses began by telling the people to learn from their history. He reminded them not only of their past failures, but also of God's mighty acts on their behalf. He encouraged them to use their past experiences, both good and bad, to set their fate on fire. Next, Moses directed the people to think about their present circumstances. He reviewed God's law, giving them detailed instructions on how to respond to the challenges of life. Finally, Moses called the people to look forward toward the future. What would be the result of obeying God? What would be the consequences of disobeying Him? Rebuilding a broken life is a serious business. In Deuteronomy, God gives us the subject His full attention. He gives us essential guidelines for God's plan of victory. He shows us how we can gain direction from the past, guidance for the present, and hope for the future. Deuteronomy is a handbook for builders. Amen and amen. Beautiful, huh? A program for the present. Learning from the past, hope for the future, and rebuilding. In Deuteronomy chapter 1, this is a book of new hope. It says, These are the words that Moses spoke to all the people of Israel while they were in the wilderness east of the Jordan River. They were camped in the Jordan Valley near Soup, between Paran on one side and Topel, Laban, Hazerbrot, and Dizahab on the other. Normally, it takes only 11 days to travel from Mount Sinai to Kadesh Barnea, going by way of Mount Seir. But 40 years after the Israelites left Egypt on the first day of the 11th month, Moses addressed the people of Israel, telling them, everything the Lord had commanded him to say. This took place after he had defeated King Sihon of the Amorites, who ruled in Heshbon. And at Idri, he defeated King Og of Bashan, who ruled in Ashtaroth. While the Israelites were in the land of Moab, east of the Jordan River, Moses carefully explained the Lord's instructions. Amen. In verse 6, you have stayed at this mountain long enough. In every life, there are moments when it is essential to move on. Times come when action is necessary. When we stay too long in one place, we stagnate. In rebuilding a life, we must be careful to advance according to God's schedule, neither lagging behind nor running ahead. In verses 19 to 21, it says, then just as the Lord our God commanded us, we left Mount Sinai and traveled through the great and terrifying wilderness, as you yourself remember, and headed toward the hill country of the Amorites. When we arrived at Kadesh Barnea, I said to you, you have now reached the hill country of the Amorites that the Lord our God has given you. Look, he has placed the land in front of you. Go and occupy it as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has promised. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. The expression, don't be afraid, along with its variation, is the most common command in Scripture. There are so many things to be afraid of. In challenging his people to a new course of action, God insisted that they cast away their fears 
God was really asking his people to trust in him. If we can learn to turn our focus away from our circumstances toward God and his power, our helplessness and fears will soon melt away. Amen. In verse 7 of chapter 2, It says, For the Lord your God has blessed you in everything you have done. He has watched you, your every step through this great wilderness. During these 40 years, the Lord your God has been with you, and you have lacked nothing. Amen. God continues to shower his loving care upon us. He may lead us through a time of difficult discipline, but he never leads us during the hard times. He often allows the hard times for our own good. God protected the people of Israel in the wilderness, even though they had rejected him. Even after our worst failures, when terrible consequences are bearing down on us, God is there. In verses 14 and 15, 38 years passed from the time we first left Kadesh Barnea until we finally crossed the Sarah Brook by then. All the men old enough to fight in battle had died in the wilderness, as the Lord had vowed would happen. The Lord struck down them down until they had all been eliminated from the community. Amen. In chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, Next we turned and headed for the land of Bashan, where King Og and his entire army attacked us at Edri. But the Lord told me, Do not be afraid of him, for I have given you victory over Og and his entire army, and I will give you all his land. Treat him just as you treated King Sihon of the Amorites, who rule in Heshbon. The Israelites' resources were pitiful, limited, but God gave them victory. It was not by their military strength, but by God's power that they overcame the nation of Basham. As we fit as we fit the pieces of our lives back together, it is God's resources, not ours, that will bring success. Our powerlessness in life provides wonderful opportunities to God to demonstrate his power. Can you imagine us thinking we can go against God who raises the sun and the moon and stars and the seasons? And we try to tell him how to, our lives are to be run. You know, I think we're like little ants and we aren't able to see the greatness and the vastness of our God, creator of heaven and earth. I'm reading to you from the Recovery Bible. Amen. And we're into Deuteronomy 3. Chapter 29. I mean, excuse me, Deuteronomy 34. And then Deuteronomy... Skipping over a few things, so we want to get into the New Testament. Here we're just uh, stopping by the places the um, Recovery Bible has highlighted. All right, in in Deuteronomy three, 
verses 12 to 20. Three of the Israelite tribes, Reuben, Gad, and the half Manish, wanted land on the east side of the Jordan River, just outside the Promised Land. God allowed them to do this, but he also demanded that they follow through on their promises to fight in the conquest of Canaan. The other tribes have, had counted on their support, and their failure to help in the conquest might have created deep division within God's chosen nation. An important step in recovery is learning to take responsibility for our promises and decisions. This is important as we seek to reconcile, build, and maintain our relationship with others, and especially our commitment to change and recovery. No matter what, we can ask God to strengthen our commitment to do things His way. In verses 23 to 29 of chapter 3, Deuteronomy, even Moses was not exempt from God's requirements as a great as great as Moses was, God's commands still applied to him. We must never presume to be a special case. We must not rationalize and excuse ourselves from God's program for helping and hold holy living. Rather, we should seek out and then joyfully accept God's program for us. His plans are always in our best interest, even if we are not are not what we expect or want. Amen. May the Lord's will be done. In verse 2, it says, Do not add or subtract to these commands I'm giving you. Just obey the commands of the Lord your God that I am giving to you. Just obey, it says here. God directs. Directions are not to be tampered with. It is tempting to add or take away from God's provisions. But if we are to have victory, we must accept God's way as it is not as we might wish it, it to be. These requirements were offered for Israel's guidance. They were a gracious provision of God's love. God, through his word and his loving presence, also provides us with all we need to live with fulfillment and contentment. In verses 4, 15 through 19 of chapter 4, Warning about idolatry. It says, but be very careful. You do not see the Lord's form on the day he spoke to you from your heart of the fire of Mount Sinai. Let's see. God warned the Israelites time and time again about the dangers of idolatry. Most of us aren't tempted to worship a card figure or statue, but in our busy world, a multitude of other things clamor for our attention and affection. It is sometimes difficult to remember that we owe our primary alliance to God. He requires absolute faithfulness from his people. He will not be satisfied with the second place in our lives. If we desire victory over our dependencies or compulsions, we need to put God in his rightful place. Amen. Amen and amen to that, huh? In chapters, chapter 4, verse 29 and 31 of Deuteronomy, it's a beautiful song right here that I sing all the time. But from there you will reach again for the Lord your God, and if you search for him with all your heart and soul, you will find him. In the distant future, when you are Suffering all these things, you will finally return to the Lord your God and listen to what he tells you. For the Lord your God is a merciful God. 
He will not abandon you or destroy you or forget the solemn covenant he made with your ancestors. Beautiful, wonderful words of life. Here, God reaffirms his compassion towards victims of painful circumstances and promises to come through for his people. Even when they have failed him, he asks only that his people listen to him and follow his instructions for healthy, holy living. Our relationship with God is certain because it is based upon God's compassion for us, and we, we don't des- even though we don't deserve it. God is faithful, and we can be sure he will come through for us. Amen. That's the reading of some of the, the articles about the Old Testament of Deuteronomy from the Recovery Bible. Now let's go move on to the the book the book of Luke. See where we left off. Amen. In the book of Luke, March twenty third, chapter five, verse twenty nine. That's where we left off. Let's see, Luke twenty four, chapter six. Luke and twenty five Luke Luke seven ten. Okay, it looks like it's Luke five twenty nine to Luke seven ten for twenty three, twenty four, and twenty five of March. Let me go ahead and read that so we can catch up in our readings. Here we go. Luke verse twenty nine. Thank you so much for tracking with me. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Lift up his count and give you peace and establish you in every which way. In Jesus' name, amen. Luke five twenty nine. It says right here, Verse 28, don't be surprised. Indeed, the time is coming when all the dead in their graves will hear the voice of God's Son. Amen. Let me back up a little. It says to verse 16, Jesus claims to be the Son of God. So the Jewish leaders began harassing Jesus for breaking the Sabbath rules. But Jesus replied, my father is always working and so am I. So the Jewish leaders tried all the harder to find a way to kill him. For he he not only broke the Sabbath, he called God his Father, thereby making himself equal with God. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. For the Father loves the Son and shows him everything he is doing. In fact, the Father will show him how to do even greater works than he, healing this man. Then you will truly be astonished, for just as the Father gives life to those he raised from the dead, so the Son gives life to anyone he wants. In addition, the Father judges no one. Instead, he has given to the Son absolute authority to judge, so that everyone will honor the Son, 
just as they honor the Father. Anyone who does not honor the Son is certainly not honoring the Father who sent him. I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death into life. And I assure you that the time is coming. Indeed, it is here now when the dead will hear my voice, the voice of the Son of God, and those who listen will live. The Father has life in himself, and he has granted the same life, giving power to his Son. And he has given him authority to judge everyone because he is the Son of Man. Don't be surprised indeed. The time is coming when all of the dead in the graves will hear the voice of God's Son, and they will rise again. Those who have done good will rise to experience eternal life, and those who have continued in evil way rise to experience judgment. I can do nothing on my own. I judge as God tells me. Therefore, my judgment is just because I carry out the will of the one who sent me, not my own will. <clears throat> Chapter 5, verse 31. If I were to testify on my own behalf, my testimony would not be valid. But someone else is also testifying about me, and I assure you that everything he says about me is true. In fact, you sent investigators to listen to John the Baptist, and his testimony about me was true. Of course, I have no need of human witnesses, but I say these things so you might be saved. John was like a burning and shining lamp, and you were excited for a while about his message. But I have a greater witness than John, my teachings and my miracles. The Father gave me these works to accomplish, and they prove that he sent me. And the Father who sent me has testified about, my, my, about me himself. You have never heard his voice or seen him face to face. And you do not have his message in your hearts because you do not believe me, the one he sent to you. You search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life, but the scriptures point to me. Yet you refuse to come to me to receive this life. Your approval means nothing to me because I know you don't have God's love within you. Because I know you don't have God's love within you. For I have come to you in my Father's name, and you have rejected me. Yet if others come in their own name, you gladly welcome them. No wonder you can't believe, for you gladly honor each other. But you don't care about the honor that comes from the one who alone is God. Yet it isn't I who will accuse you before the Father Moses will accuse you. Yes, Moses, in whom you put your hopes. If you really believe Moses, you would believe me because he wrote about me. But since you don't believe what he wrote, how will you believe what I say? Note, in verses 39 and 40, it says, You search the scriptures because you think they have, you have eternal life, but the scriptures point to me. 
but yet you refuse to come to me to receive this life. The Jewish leaders knew the scriptures backwards and forwards, yet they were spiritually dead. They missed the whole purpose of the scriptures to bring people into a vital relationship with the God of grace. Intellectual knowledge about the Bible does not bring us into a transforming relationship with God unless we act on that knowledge, knowing about God's truth concerning recovery without applying it personally only results in failure. Real growth and recovery comes through knowing God through Jesus Christ. Amen. Chapter 6. Oh, before we start reading chapter 6, in verses 41 and 44, what I just read about the approval means nothing to me. I know you don't have God's love within you. It says... The note is, Jesus called the Pharisees to ask for being, excuse me, Jesus called the Pharisees to task for being more concerned about what others thought of them than about what God thought. At times during recovery, it may be necessary to do things that are neither understood nor approved of by those around us. The bottom line for us is whether or not God approves or what we are doing. God approves of what we are doing, not what others think. If we take our moral inventory, God and his word, not the opinions of others, are the standards for our behavior. For instance, I believe God told me to make pancakes on Friday morning, and I've been doing it for over a year now, or a long time. (laughs) I don't know how many years, but it's been a while. So that's what I do. All right, uh, reading chapter 6 and verses 1 through 15, Jesus feeds 5,000. After this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. Then Jesus climbed the hill and sat down with his disciples around him. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, Where can we buy bread to feed all these people? For he was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, Even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon's Peter brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fishes, but what good is that with this huge crowd? Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said, so they all sat down. On the grassy slopes, the men alone numbered about 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed them to the people. Afterwards, he did the same with the fish. And they all ate as much as they wanted. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, Now greater... Now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pre- the pieces and Phil still received guidance. 
So they picked up the pieces and filled the 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. Excuse me. When the people saw him do this miraculous sign, they exclaimed, Surely he is the prophet we have been expecting. When Jesus saw that they were ready to force him to be their king, he slipped away into the hills by himself. Amen. Now, reading chapter 6, Jesus often used people as channels of his grace. In feeding 5,000 hungry men plus women and children, Jesus used a young boy's provision in affecting our recovery or others' recovery. God allows us to have a part in what he says and what he does. When we willingly dedicate our own small resources, time, talents, and possessions to God's he can work a miracle of recovery for us and others. God can take our limited resources and multiply them and Amen. Take our limited resources and multiply them beyond our wise expectations. It was a dark and stormy night in Galilee. Let's go ahead and read that. That evening, Jesus' disciples went to the shore to wait for him. But as darkness fell and Jesus still hadn't come back, they got into the boat and headed across the lake toward Capernaum. Soon a gate, a gale swept down upon them and the sea grew very rough. They had rolled three or four miles when suddenly they saw Jesus walking on the water toward them. They were terrified. But he called out to them, don't be afraid, it is I. I am here. Then they were eager to let him in the boat, and immediately they arrived at their destination. The next day, the, cr the crowd that had stayed on the far shore saw that disciples had taken the only the one boat, and they realized Jesus had not gone with them. Several boats from Tiberia landed near the place where the Lord had blessed the bread and the people had eaten. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boat and went across the Capernaum to look for him. They found him on the other side of the lake and asked, Rabbi, when did you get here? It was a dark and stormy night. Note in the Sea of Galilee. The disciples were cold, wet, and exhausted from rowing almost four miles in storm-tossed weather. They had been impatient and left safe shores without Jesus, but he came to their rescue. They came, they had been impatient and left safe shores without Jesus, but he came to their rescue anyway walking on the storm toward sea toward their boat when they got uh, without Jesus, but they came to their rescue anyway. It had been impatient and left shore, the safe shore without Jesus, but he came to their rescue anyway, walking on the stormy sea their, with their boat. When Jesus got in the boat, he brought them safely to shore. We would be wise to stay with Jesus and his plan for us. Going off on our own with and inevitably lead us to some stormy situation. 
When we leave Jesus behind, however, he will still rescue us if we look to for him to help us. Amen and amen. That was all the way to verse 21 of chapter 6. Amen. Where Jesus says, Don't be afraid. It is I. I'm here. Then they were eager to let him in the boat, and immediately they arrived at their destination. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord Jesus. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the far shore saw that the disciples had taken the only boat, and they realized Jesus had not gone with them. Several boats from the Tiberias landed near the place where the Lord had blessed the bread and the people had eaten. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went across the Capernaum to look for him. They found him on the other side of the lake and asked, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the immediate, the miraculous signs. But don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your time seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. They replied, We want to perform God's works too. What should we do? Jesus told them, This is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. They answered, Show us a miraculous sign, and if you want us to believe in you, what can you do? After all, our ancestors ate manna while they, they journeyed through the wilderness. The scripture says, Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me, I will never, never will be hungry. Again, whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But you haven't believed in me, even though you have seen me. However, the Father has given me, however, those the Father has given me will come to me. And I will never reject them. For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. And this is the will of God, that I should not lose even one of all these he has given me, but that I should raise them up the last day. For it is my Father's will that all who see his Son and believe in him should have eternal life. I will, amen. I will raise him up on the last day. Then the people began to murmur to disagreement because he has said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, isn't this Jesus, the son of Joseph? We know his father and mother. How can he say, I have come down from heaven? 
In these verses, after feeding more than 5,000 hungry people, the recovery Bible says, with five loaves of bread and two fishes, Jesus explained that he himself was the bread of life. Jesus feeds the spiritually hungry with himself. He is perfect love that never rejects us, no matter what our past will be. Amen. Let's see. He is perfect love that never rejects us, no matter what our past sins are. He satisfied the deepest hunger of our souls and wants to help us complete our recovery until the end of time. Jesus will work towards the healing of recovery of all the broken people in his world. Our part is to turn to him and believe in his power to help us. In verses 6, 35 to 58, Jesus' words are here are jarring in saying we need to eat this, his flesh and drink his blood to have eternal life. Jesus offended many people, but he made some important points. Jesus' flesh reminds us that we are, he was truly human, so he understands our temptations and struggles. Jesus' mention of his blood anticipated his death on the cross in our place for our sins. To eat flesh and drink his blood was a call to make him and his teaching art a very life. Not just an intellectual activity, but we, we are to make Jesus the core of our being, emotional, sub, sub, spirituality, and physical as we feed our bodies with food, we are to feed our souls with the spiritual reality represented by the body and blood of Christ. Amen. In verses 68 through 69 of chapter 6, it says, 68, Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom will we go? You have the words that eternal life. We believe and we know you are the Holy One of God. Then Jesus said, I have chosen the 12 of you, but one is the devil. He was speaking of Judas, son of Scariot of the 12, who would later betray him. Amen, amen. Jesus' words are jarring in saying we need to eat his flesh and drink his blood to have eternal life. Jesus offended many people, but he made more important points. Jesus' flesh reminds us that he was fully human, as so he understands our temptation and struggles. Jesus mentioned of his blood, anticipating his death on the cross. In this place for our sins to eat and flesh and drink. I know I read that before. But it is so good stuff. Amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom should we, would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know you are the Holy One of God. Then Jesus said, I chose the twelve of you, but one of you is a devil. Again, he was speaking of Judah, son of Simon. Jesus experienced firsthand the ridicule of rejection from family that many of us recovery have experienced. Jesus knew 
what was right and when to act. He resisted the timeless agendas and expectation that others, even his own brothers, foisted upon him. Timetables for recovery, young public, recovery, going public, or or staging a comeback will vary will vary for each person. Premature publicity of our conversion to Christ or commitment to recovery may lead to unnecessary stocks from others or infiltrate. Amen. Attacks from others about personal success. Either we will stand in the way of what God is trying to accomplish in and through our lives. Often it is best to remain anonymous until the time has come. Amen, amen. In chapter 7, after this, Jesus traveled around Galilee. He wanted to stay out of Judea, where the Jewish leaders were plying his death. But soon he w- it was time for the Jewish festival of shelters. And Jesus' brother said to him, Leave here and go to Judea, where your followers can see your miracles. Amen. You can't become famous if you hide yourself like this. If you don't, if you can do such wonderful things, show yourself to the world. For even his brothers didn't believe in him. Jesus replied, Now is not the right time for me to go, but you can go anytime. The world can hate you, but it, it does hate me because I accused it of doing evil you go on now i'm not going for this festival because of my time has not yet come jesus remain in galilee jesus taught takes open teaches openly of the temple but after his brothers left the festival jesus also went through difficulties staying in public view the Jewish leaders tried to find him at the fest, find him at the festival, and kept asking anyone for him. There was a lot of grumbling about him among the crowds. Some argue he's a good man, but others say he's nothing but a fraud who deserves. There was a lot of grumbling about him among the crowds. Some argue he's a good man, but others said. He's nothing but a fraud and deceivers and people. But no one had the courage to speak favorably about him and praise, for they were afraid of getting into trouble with the Jewish leaders.